for every five star review you leave, I will watch one episode of Gossip Girl. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to episode of Cine Nation. My name is Brandon Sparks. And here on Cine Nation, we discuss film genres and the tropes and stories in them. Again, I do not have Thomas this week, but I do have Hunter Barcroft returning to talk about this movie this week. Hunter, welcome back to the show. It's always nice to be here. Uh, you know, feels good to be back again. Yeah. So back, soon. Since, since Austin Powers. It's, it's, it, it, time's flying. Who? It's been like three months, I think, but it's actually just going really So fast. much has happened in three months, Brandon. <laughs> so much. <laughs> um, but this week, or this month, we've been talking about heist movies, as I've said. And uh, the highest genre, as we've kind of talked about this month, is it's a very popular genre uh for audiences and for, for 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 movies in general it's been around since the early days of cinema i think the biggest example is the great train robbery silent film from 1903 and the genre interesting enough we haven't really discussed this as much but it's like it's morphed from cowboy outlaws in the western genre to something of its own it's these anti-heroes that people kind of fall in love with in some way a lot of the times uh people we want to root for to get away and depending on the movie, sometimes they get away and sometimes they don't. Or sometimes it's both, like we'll talk about today. Um, but yeah, a lot of films talked about. We talked about also like the relationship between law, law enforcement and the, and the crime, the criminals, basically. Uh, we mentioned this in Out of, Out of Sight with Jack Foley, George Clooney, and, and uh, Jeffrey Lopez's character, Karen Sisko, and kind of that, that relationship back and forth, or Inside Man with Clive Owen and Denzel Washington. Uh, this week will be interesting because it's law enforcement has plays a plays a part in this movie, I think, to build tension. But it's not the same relationship as, say, like Pacino and De Niro and Heat or something. Um, but those are all still there. Um, and a lot of times these characters, uh, these are characters who like can only feel like they can only do crime as a career. I think sometimes it's because they've been they've come out of jail, can't find a job. And this is the one they're good at. And there's always, I think, I noticed this time when watching this movie, we'll talk about it as we get on, get into it, um, is there's always kind of like one character that feels like, I'm not going to jail or I'm not going back to jail. I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory no matter how it goes down. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's gonna, that's Jeremy Renner in the in, that in character is always movie. the best character. Oh yeah, it's always, always the, most the best character. Because it's, always, it's, it's the guy who like, it's the person who like doesn't really have doesn't really live by any rules yeah Yeah. you don't have anything to lose doesn't really live by society's rules in some way and so they're willing to kind of risk whatever doesn't matter what's gonna what the what the outcome is um we'll talk about that today uh but today's movie hunter what is today's movie that you picked uh today's movie is the town uh a little ben affleck joint from 2010 it's a crime thriller uh heist film in which a group of career bank robbers rob a bank in Boston, but soon find themselves in both a game of cat and mouse with the FBI and a complicated relationship with one of their hostages. And so why why'd you pick the town? I picked the town because A, I love the town. <laughs> and B, I worked in Boston a little bit this year, and uh, I developed an appreciation and a deep uh, love and respect for just the overall vibe there that people that just do not care about anything that you're selling they're yeah, just yeah. who they are completely 100 percent authentic all the time and uh, man i honestly i love it it's such a like a change of pace from life in atlanta yeah. and dude i i just cannot tell you how much i 
loved my time there. And so naturally uh, the town felt like a good fit. Yeah. It's, it's, and this one's too is interesting because like it, there's a few things with the town. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's one of the most popular heist films that's come out in the past decade. I feel like, I feel like this is one like people kind of jump to of like a traditional heist movie since I mean, that I guess over a decade now since it's been 2010. Um, but like, if you type in heist movies, I feel like on Google, this is always usually one of the first ones uh, that would pop up. And I think also too, it kind of solidified a little bit of a, this has already been happening for a while, but this kind of like Boston subgenre of films, especially Boston crime films. If it's yeah. like with gone baby gone um, or with mystic river, um, or with uh, I think the friends of Eddie Coyle is like the the big one from the seventies. Like it's always like a Boston criminal like and not and not like criminal underworld like 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 mob or whatever all the time. But it's like these kind of like under like working class criminals is kind of how I describe it as. You're from Charlestown. You play hockey and you rob banks. Yeah, it's, yeah, and you, and you watch the Sox play. Um, but it's yeah. So like, but I, I feel like there was always that genre beforehand. But the town kind of like. Oh, there's like a lot of st- like it made people like reassess this like as a genre and not just like a few different films. It made a part of the kind of lineage of the sh- town kind of became the lineage of the genre in a way and kind of became the 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 glue that brought them all together is what I think happened. Um so what like what's your history with the town? Uh, um Hunter. So the town came out my senior year of high school. Um and oh, I what? vividly remember trying to go see it on a weekend afternoon and on the weekend I went Will Clayton uh throw uh-huh. back to an old podcaster from Cinenation back in the day uh was working the theater and uh, let mm-hmm. me in the side door for free if I agreed to buy concessions so <laughs> uh I remember watching it absolutely loving it and uh it is always I've always enjoyed it. I've always liked it. I haven't watched it in a long time until we just rewatched it for the show. Yeah. But man, I honestly having rewatched it, I forgot how good it was. I forgot how like truly good of a movie it was and like it is enthralling from start to finish. There's not any for me personally uh few things I would change if any at all. Mhm. Spoiler alert. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, well yeah, we'll talk about that as we go. But yeah, it's it's a it's one that's like Def, it was definitely one that I saw in theaters, and I think it's too like it, it's you had that been because this is pre Argo for for Ben. I think it was still kind of fresh and new that Ben Affleck was was directing a movie, and like he had done he had done Gone Baby Gone. This is his first one he was directing and acting in, and I feel like that was still kind of like oh can Ben pull it off? Like he made a first he made one he made a good freshman de- uh, uh, debut or whatever but what's what's his sophomore future gonna be like it's like oh it's a heist movie okay yeah can he like, can he maintain can he actually have commercial success yeah. and critical success yeah. like yeah and like at this point like renner is not in avengers yet i don't know if he was he might have been cast but he's just I, i'll get into hurt. that later i'll get into that okay, later cool. okay yeah. cool. I, won't, I won't jump the gun but like, it's like yeah he's he's been in the hurt locker like so so renner's about to have a a a, a, a hot run uh, and the town, I mean, Hurt Locker of the town is kind of the beginning of it. Um, so, so yeah, it's like he, he, I think that's the Hurt Locker is, but like, this is in the middle of the Renner, the Renner, uh, uh, run. And, and so, yeah, I think that was all kind of in my head at that point when I went to see it. And yeah, I think I've maybe revisited once or twice, um, in the past. I, I think it's, it's like, I think, uh, 
someone like Rebecca Hall, someone that I, I've 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 grown to love over time as an actress. And this was, I think, very I don't say early for her, but it is like I think she's just coming a few years after like the prestige, which is like her big hit, her first yeah. big thing kind of in in America. Um and that's four years before. So she's she's still kind of new at this point. So a lot of like new faces or a lot of kind of like how is this going to work out that I was like thinking going into it. And yeah, it's one that I've always enjoyed. Um, and I think it's, it's, I think this and gone baby gone are like, I think the, the, the best two movies that Affleck's directed Argo's good. Um, I haven't watched in a while, but the town's one that I think like is the, is, is like the sneaky, like really good one. It's tight. It's a tight, it's tight. Film. Yeah, yeah, they it's, really it's, do work it perfectly. Like, yeah, uh, there's not really yeah. much fat to trim. That was left untrimmed, yeah. in my opinion. Um, yeah, and every everything yeah. works. So the, the performances all work. Yeah, and you can tell they're having fun with it, but also taking it really seriously. Yeah, yeah, and and the, and there's some scenes that I want to go with that kind of that show the kind of fun nature of this movie because because a lot of times heist movies are really serious or they're this caper quality Ocean's Eleven, but there's mm-hmm. something about the town where like it's a very it's a very I won't say dark movie, but it's a very gritty movie. But yeah. there's some nice moments of levity uh, in the film that we'll talk about later. So, so how, so how does this movie kind of get to production, Hunter? Like, how does this all kind of come together back in 2010 for the town? So it starts back in uh, 2004. Chuck Hogan released a book, Prince of Thieves, which is what this was adapted from initially. Um, so he wrote the book. Book comes out in 2004. Somehow or another, Dick Wolf from Law and Order gets an early copy of this thing, reads it, and he's like, "I got to option this right now." Oh wow! So Dick Wolf optioned it before it even came out. Um, initial. So Chuck Hogan's from Boston, uh, and initially he was worried about the reception it would have in Boston because he was like, "I wrote it as like a love letter to Boston and the people that I grew up with," but. The first time he did a reading at the Charleston, the Charlestown Public Library, there were threats of violence going into it. Wow! People were calling the library and being like, "You better not have this guy come and read this book about Charlestown in this library. You're gonna have your work cut out for you. All this stuff's gonna happen." So he was really worried that it was gonna be poorly received. And then there's a quote from the beginning of the movie that was in the beginning of the book, like a preface thing. And he said, at the end of the reading, he was walking out to his car, and this guy came up. And he was like, hey, man, uh, could I talk to you for a second? He's like, yeah, what's going on? He's like, the quote that you used, that's me. That was I had said that. That was That's me quoted in a newspaper somewhere. He's like, it's like this 20-year-old kid who uh-huh. like looked like he lived a pretty hard life. And he was like, that's when I realized that these people, like, he wanted to come up and shake my hand and, like, just talk to me about it. And he was like, that's when uh-huh. I realized that these people, like, loved this movie or this, wow. this book when this, he wrote it. He, story, was, yeah. he was like, I realize now that it really did connect with them on a deeper level and uh, maybe there was something to it. So obviously Dick Wolf sees something in it. He's like, I'm optioning it. Uh, and he had an option for a while, but he eventually let them expire because he didn't do anything with it. Yeah. And then eventually a producer named Graham King uh, picked up the option. And basically it was being viewed and kind of reworked as a directing vehicle for Adrian Lynn. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we talked, we, t- we talked about on the show, uh, back in february for rock thrillers which would have been it was been a very very different movie for for line oh that's the Uh, thing the thing about it is that the the peter craig adaptation that he was working on for line said that 
basically this movie was more in line with an erotic thriller about like it leaned more heavily into the romantic love story between Doug oh, and Claire interesting. and that oh, it was it was a it was mostly an erotic thriller that happened to be in the world of bank robbers but for the most part was drastically different than what was being viewed huh what what, what it, like what it ended yeah. up being was very different from what yeah. line had in mind for it oh wow um yeah, it was fascinating reading about Peter Craig's kind of take on it all because he stayed on most of the way through. Like when it, he basically Craig was doing work on it up until the point where, like you know, eventually, like the way that Line viewed this thing when Warner Brothers was like, "Hey, man, like you want to make this movie? Here you go," and he was like, "I want ninety million dollars in ninety shooting days, and it's going to be a three and a half hour movie." And they were like, "That sounds about right." They're yeah. like, uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> are you willing to negotiate on this at all? And he was like, no. And there's a quote somewhere saying that he said, if Scorsese can have a three and a half hour movie, yeah. I want the same thing. And it's like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, you got to slow your roll a little bit. Like, you got to know well, where you're at. And I, that seems like a little bit of a gross uh, <laughs> overreach, in my opinion. I mean. I mean, a little bit, because we, so we talked about him, and Line is a guy where, like, yeah, I think, like, he had two at one point. It's it, If directors like it, they get one. He had two movies that were, like, zeitgeisty movies with, like, Flashdance and Fatal Attraction. Like, they were huge. And so, like, I could see him being like, yo, I want my big movie. I just He just did Unfaithful at that point, which is a box office hit. Diane Lane gets an Oscar nomination. I could see him being like, yeah, 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 like, I want give me my epic i want my erotic thriller epic <laughs> yeah and, you know, i guess you've got to shoot your shot like you really do got to shoot your shot because yeah. at this and point he has had commercial success yeah the connection of this is the funny part of this to me is that line's next movie would not be until deep water with ben affleck i thought that so was fascinating would... i thought that was yeah, a fascinating thing yeah. um but it's such a weirdly small little world that this yeah. movie kind of exists inside of in a lot of ways um but after Warner Brothers kind of refused, Lion, they basically told Lion he could take it to other studios yeah. if they wanted it. And they, if they wanted to fund it, they were welcome to do so. And they mm-hmm. could basically just proceed without them. Yeah. Um, every single studio, I think uh, Universal and Imagine Entertainment, both told him they wanted to scale it down and cut stuff back. And he basically said he had zero interest in doing that and walked. <laughs> and uh, eventually Lion would leave the project and move on. And would leave it behind for Warner Brothers to lock in a new director, which is when Mr. Ben Affleck enters the picture. Yeah. yeah. Fresh off the release of Begone Baby Gone, which Warner Brothers mm-hmm. execs thought Affleck would be a good fit for, since mm-hmm. he had just directed a crime film that was set in Boston for $19 million, as opposed to 90 And uh, Affleck realized, I think, that Warner Brothers thought he could just direct features on the cheap and... These, there's a quote saying that if he, they wanted him to direct him on the cheap and it was an opportunity to direct more films, then he was down to give it a go. Yeah. Uh, so he kind of goes in there with the mindset of like, I'm going to go in and read the book first, then read mm-hmm. what this adaptation has become and kind of figure out where I want to go with it. Yeah. Uh, he brings in Aaron Stockard, who was, uh, I was with, it seems like he is in the inner circle with Damon and Affleck yeah. uh, to help him co-write the kind of the rewrite of the Peter Craig script. Yeah. But honestly, it seems like they come in and they really kind of hit the ground 
boots on the ground in Boston and really figure out where they wanted to take this thing. And from there, it just kind of starts to morph into less of an erotic thriller and more of heat. Yeah. Yeah. It really, yeah. And they, they really were like, at one point they're talking about, should they accept it and like lean into it and embrace it? Or should they like try to distance themselves from the fact that they're like fanboys of Michael Mann? And yeah. They're like, they're like, <laughs> Nah, like it's just double down. Like it, we, we're making a like a spiritual successor to, a, hopefully a spiritual successor to that movie, yeah, in the yeah. same vein. And it was like we have to just accept what we are and make the most That's of it. And I think they really did. Honestly, I think the tone yeah, of the movie yeah, is, yeah. is pretty close. But um, yeah, was so, the was the was the book more erotic or do you know? I, I don't know if if if, if to my understanding, no, it was not. Okay. It was not so it was, it was erotic. Just, it was just it was just line and his people. Line like, wanted hey. to just take it in a, kind of a weird direction. That makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they yeah. saw okay. something there that they could stretch out into this other thing. Um, yeah. Okay. But I honestly, the book itself seems to be more in line with just like a '70s crime. Because yeah. one of the biggest changes that he made in his change to the adaptation was instead of setting it in the '90s and the '80s mm-hmm. when the book was set, he changes it to the early 2000s. Present. Okay, gotcha. Oh, is it? it? I didn't know it was the early two thousands. I missed that. Honestly, is it's that... kind of. It seems timeless in a way. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it feels seems timeless, very... but I honestly yeah. feel like that's a lot of trying to save money and not make it a period piece. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Which no, I agree. I think works for it. No, I think in it does. a lot of ways. I think, I think too, because we talked about this briefly. It's like heist movies really do well, or they pop more when when the country's in economic crisis of some kind. And oh so yeah, coming off, you're in the, the middle recession. Of, it's perfect. In the middle of, yeah, middle of recession. If that when it's coming out, so it's right after 08. So like, yeah, it's like you want you want to root for the guys who are stealing stuff from the government, like that's or for the banks or whatever. Totally get it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, honestly, it it works perfectly for what they needed to do. It kind uh-huh. of falls perfectly in like in line with all of the checks they yeah. needed to check in the little check boxes. Yeah. But uh, they pretty much go into Boston, go into uh, North End and Charleston itself and just start talking to people, um, mm-hmm. meeting with the FBI, meeting with former and current inmates. At, uh, there's a medium security prison in Norfolk that is, uh, I guess, home to a lot of these guys that the book was based off of. So they go in and they're interviewing guys that are literally the inspiration for the book that Hogan wrote back in the day. And they kind of just start fleshing these people out based on the experiences they're having and the interviews they're having in Boston and really fleshing out the characters that they have to work with. And it it starts to form what he needs to cast. And he also realizes that he doesn't have the money to go out and just hire an all-star cast of people. Yeah. yeah he really he has yeah, to he... come in. Yeah, he's got to come in and get like people on the rise or people that people yeah. may know a little bit about but have never seen like – in this scale before or in this yeah, world yeah, before. Yeah. yeah. And uh, basically he reaches out to a few people that he knew personally. Uh, Rebecca Hall being one of the first people that he brings on. Uh, she was just off Frost Nixon. And yeah, that's, uh, a, that's, that's then John Ham. Yeah. I believe John Ham's the second person who joined, who was currently working on the critically acclaimed music video, the only Island featuring Rihanna, shy Ronnie Two, Ronnie and Clyde. <laughs> And is more underappreciated and forgotten about turn is Don Draper and AMC's oh, yeah. Madman. Yeah, no one talks about that. Uh, I mean, it's weird though because he is he is in the very middle of Madman, 
when this goes down. Like Madman is yeah. still very much a thing and going, and he has kind of cemented himself as Don Draper. Yeah. On television, and I, you got to think this is an attempt for him to be like, I'm going to test the waters getting into features. Yeah. And away and it's from also being typecast Don Draper, Don yeah. Draper yeah. for the rest of my yeah. life. And I think he succeeds in that. Uh, and, it, and it works really well for him in that regard. Uh, next person that would join the cast is Blake Lively, who was in the middle of filming uh, Gossip Girl in New York at the time. Yeah. And initially, uh, higher ups, above the line people had concerns that she really had no dramatic acting experience under her belt. Uh, but Affleck was very sympathetic to the cause of actors who had been unfairly pigeonholed into certain yeah. roles because of their prior successes. And uh, he agreed to let Lively come down from New York and do her reading. And she spent months prepping the accent for it. And she really, like, he could tell she really tried, like, really put the work in. And uh, basically leaves the reading blown away and telling her she's got the job and that it's hers, 100%. Yeah. And um, I think that really, that's something I'll get into later about how surprising that role is for me watching this movie, especially on the rewatch. Yeah. 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 Um, but then from there, he kind of gets into more established actors. Uh, when he casts, he casts Chris Cooper as his father. Uh, he only appears in one scene. Yeah. Uh, but apparently Chris Cooper is asked to do this and agrees like no questions asked. Cause when he read the script, he realized how pivotal of a role that is, even though he has like zero screen time uh, yeah. and realized that it was like, something that he would a be perfect for and b like he was interested in doing. Yeah. Cause Ben Affleck's character, Doug, it's like, he's, it's like the ghost of his father or his parents really, but the ghost of his father is always there. It's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you max boy or whatever. Like, it's like, he's always like, he's that he's the son of a guy who's in jail. Like yeah. that's the it's thing. The ghost yeah. of his father and also him following yeah. directly in his footsteps, even though he has yeah. deeply like deep, deep, deep issues with, yeah what his father's done yeah and he's trying to do it different differently in some way in some yeah i guess in some ways but man not that yeah. far off <laughs> yeah apple doesn't fall too far from the tree but uh it been after that uh pete uh postlethwaite postlethwaite yeah man hard to pronounce i yeah love him in jurassic park the lost world the guy oh, he's, was he's a, yeah. incredible, bro. I mean, he's, he's in Inception as well. Um, he's been he's in a lot of stuff. Inception. He was really yeah, good in this too, as Fergie, the uh, the florist, is yeah. terrifying in this movie. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Uh, that's fantastic. He is fantastic, yeah. and they cast both of them, secured them down. I think that gives them a little bit more credibility as far as who they're casting is. Like, oh, we have some like established career yeah. actors. Yeah. And some people who are really good, but on the rise. Yeah. Um, and then the final role that he cast in this film was the role of uh, Jim Coughlin, who is ultimately the, who would become the Jeremy Renner uh, <laughs> yeah. vehicle that launches him into another level of his career. I mean, it follows up Hurt Locker with this and it's like, at this point, he's like two for two, man. It's like yeah, it's like he he see. I think he gets nominated for Hurt Locker as well. He does Oscar wise. It's yeah. his second so nomination back to back years. Yeah, and that and and when you see that, that's you're like, okay, this this guy's an it guy right now, and like he was, and that's like he's riding a wave. Once the town, once he gets that second nomination, he's riding a massive wave. Yeah, I mean, this really was like kind of the shot in the arm that he needed. Yeah, to put him in the right position for where he ultimately goes from there. 
Yeah. Uh, but apparently they were really, they had someone in mind initially to play that role who fell through. And then mm-hmm. uh, Ben was talking to his brother Casey about what he should do, who he should look at. And he was like, hey, you should go and see this movie called The Hurt Locker. This guy that I worked with on uh, the assassination of Jesse James oh, yeah, uh, by is. the Cal yeah. Robert Ford is fantastic. You'll love him. He's going to be the mm-hmm. lead. You should go watch it and see what you think. And that's kind of where he gets the idea for Renner to do it. And I think everything kind of falls into place from there. Renner agrees, comes on board, cast is rounded out for the most part. You have Titus Wellivers in there. He's always good. Like Titus Wellivers never bad in like anything. Um, and same thing goes here. And then a lot of the cast after that is kind of filled in with locals and people from yeah. Boston and they, and it works. Honestly, sometimes that I feel like that stuff feels a little like, oh, okay, yeah, it, like forced yeah. in a way, like a little gimmicky, but it yeah. kind of works perfectly in this movie. Yeah. I like Victor Garber. Who's, who's from Titanic just pops up as the, as like the other assistant bank manager for one scene. Did you know like, that he officiated the Jennifer Garner Affleck wedding? Oh, that makes sense. He was an alien. He's, yeah, he, yeah he's, an alien. Yes. he's like, he's like a very close family movie. friend. Yes. He's a very close family friend. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, just... They're super tight. This is like a favorite of Victor Garber. Be like, yo, if you want to come do this, like be my guest. He's like, wow. Sick. But yeah, honestly, this cast is solid. Uh, and at yeah. the time, I don't really know if people realized how solid it was. Like, I obviously was like a madman junkie, so I knew. Yeah, yeah, John, John yeah. Hamm was, and I was about it, dude. I was ready to go. I was like, let's let's yeah. do this finally. But yeah, everyone's kind of everyone's still. It's like they they become bigger as times like renters become bigger. I feel like Blake Lively at that point. I remember being thinking like, and I hadn't watched Gossip Girl, but I was just like. Oh, that's an interesting casting choice. Like, because she was yeah. just known for like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, one and two. Um, it was really, and, I feel like when people were like, oh, we can kind of take her seriously. Like, maybe she yeah. can do this. And she's great. Wow. I think she's, I, I think she's great in The Shallows. I think she's great in The uh, Age of uh, Adeline, I believe is what it is. She carries a lot of movies that otherwise would be terrible without her in it. Yeah. Shallows. I, 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 I'm a big fan of Shallows. She's, I think she's great in that film. It's a hard movie to lead because you're essentially you versus a CGI yeah. ju- like yeah. shark the whole time. And like, yeah, that's a tough ask. So say what you want. Like you can hate on the shallows all you want, but you're alone in the ocean in a water tank with a fake shark. Like yeah. you try it's doing tough. that. It's tell tough. tell it's, me how it goes for you. Like yeah, and still made a, a watchable film. It's like yeah, I don't know, man. Shout out tough to Blake sell. Lively. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we got from this episode. Uh, so so your cast gets together. Anything else before shooting starts? Anything else? Not really. I mean, everything kind of falls okay. into place. Cast really immerses themselves in Boston. I think that was the one thing that, that Affleck really pushed on them was like, go yeah. into Boston, especially Blake Lively. He was like, go and live in Charlestown for a month and just hang out with people at the bar and like get to know these people, hang out at their house, like become yeah. their best friend, become this person. And she was like, yeah. okay, sounds great. Gotcha. And like, it sounds like John Hamm just kind of went all around town talking to whoever going into bars talking to old fbi guys yeah, yeah i and wonder like, if he was like if he was just like that scene when he goes to talk to blake lively if like that was just john ham for a month in boston like, i heard he did go- that when he was here on baby driver in athens i heard he would just go to athens and just like hang out at bars and talk to people <laughs> was, like, fa- i think he's just genuinely fascinated, fascinated with people. by humans yeah. yeah yeah and so he was like i might as well what I get else that. am i gonna do you know yeah <laughs> but I mean, honestly, it seems like the cast just dug in deep and immersed themselves. And it's interesting because he's really the only character in this movie that doesn't have a Boston accent. 
Yeah. And that was a creative choice that he kind of presented to Ben. was like, hey, is it necessary for him to have an accent? Because I'm talking to all these guys. And, like, a lot of these guys aren't from Boston. They got stationed here yeah. back in the day. And, like, they don't have the accent. Like, they're from, like, New York or, like, Nebraska yeah. or something. Virginia like, or someplace. It's like, yeah. these guys don't have – like, they're not from here. And they're it's, it's such a contrast in the movie, like a very yeah. clear contrast when he is interacting with anyone else. Because he mm-hmm. has this like imposter feel to him, like he's a fish out of water. Yeah, he's like, an, he's over an his outsider. Head. Yeah, he's an outsider. I feel like and it works that, really well. I think we can go into scenes with that because I think one scene I really like. This is jumping really into the movie, but it's it's because you find out that Titus uh, Welliver, who's a detective, is like he's a Boston guy and he's working with John Hamm, the FBI guy. So like there is like some hatred that like this local, this Charlestown local has like put all these like men behind bars like basically yeah. took the information like that he got from them people. yeah he's a traitor to his people and so you have affleck kind of calling him that and then ham is just like this guy who's coming who really has no connection just this outsider who's like who's taking all that information and trying to put more people away for it um but that's a great scene um you've moved you've moved it fully us you've moved us fully into favorite scenes by the way just so you're aware we're we're oh, in the favorite scene section oh yeah oh no, yeah i know i know because yeah. i got I, a lot of them i got a lot of them and i forgot a lot of them and then the rewatch i was like oh my god this is incredible what's one of your top ones one of my top scenes i mean obviously i feel like the shootout in fenway is something that we have to talk about at some point, I mean, but it's I like, think all, yeah, all the high scenes in general are so well done, are so well done. So they claustrophobic. They're, they're very, very well done. It's perfect. And it also really like when you're in Boston and you're, you're in those like tight little streets, tight streets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're just like, this place would be absolutely like bananas. So like a lot of the, the chase sequences, the high sequences, all of that, obviously yeah. some of my favorite scenes, but a lot of my favorite scenes in this movie are the smaller moments, the little character moments. Yeah. Blake Lively and John Hamm at the bar, one yeah. of the best exchanges between two actors. You could tell they were just, like, eating it up. Like, they were loving yeah. that scene. It's so the game of cat and mouse and, like, yeah, she doesn't, like, when she finally realizes that he's just being, he like, a douche and, like, he's just using her to get his yeah. way. Well, yeah. Well, like, she starts off thinking, like, oh, that's just another guy who's trying to pick me up like yeah. and then it's like he's like i went the fbi she's like oh okay <laughs> like it's very much like that's what every guy says to me and then it's yeah. like oh snap you really are with the fbi and you're like oh yeah no i want to i want to put your brother and his friends away so uh yeah i don't want to put your kid in child services but if you but i can if you want me to uh but yeah, yeah I like i know the- all your deep dark secrets yeah and i know yeah. enough to ruin your life and she just wants to have a drink at a bar like that's what like what's like what come on <laughs> I mean, like she wants to have a drink at the bar. She's also trying to push, push drugs in the street. You know, she's up to well. No there's good. that too. There's there that. She's honestly she's doing it as like a means to survive. Yeah, to a degree. Well, and she's and that goes you know, that, that goes to the genre a lot. Just in the crime, like in the crime world, it's like in some place. Why I think this Boston crime stuff. It's like it's working class people who like crime is a working class job in a way it's, yeah. it's for, for some of these characters it's like this is how i make my money it's pushing drugs if it's if it's stealing if it's stealing money from banks i mean what's so crazy to me is that like doug ben affleck's character like still is like work it working his night like his nine to five job 
even the dude, like all of them working nine, I don't know about Renner, but most of them are still working nine to five jobs on top of robbing places, which I find fascinating. It's I like, like that's uh, keeping an appearance up. You know what I mean? No, like, it is. People it's are like, how it's come smart. you, how come you can't work for six months, but yet all your bills are paid? Like what's up yeah. with that? Like it's, yeah. it's partly that I think, Yeah. but it's also like, that's just kind of how people are there. Yeah. People I are just so. kind of. I mean, like that's it's just you, but it's so believable. It's like, but like, but their characters. I think that Affleck specifically, his characters, like, because he's the brains, of the operation. Like, he's he's incredibly yeah. smart. It's like leading in again, talking about the scene when he like finally meets Ham, and he's just like, he's like, yeah, like next time when you're trying to like come at me and try like spy on me, like make sure you do a better job. Like I spied you from a mile away. Like everyone in Boston knows that's an FBI van. Like. Or whatever. He's just like, like, yeah. So, and you, you think back of like when they're taking the pictures of them, like, oh, we got them. And it's like, no, we knew it all along. Like, yeah. And, and you can so, slowly yeah. figure out John, like, see John Hamm realizing that these guys are way more experienced and like professional at this yeah. than he ever considered them being. And yeah. he underestimated them. Cause he, it, yeah. He's, he's thinking like he's like these working class guys who just rob banks. A bunch of, yeah. just a dumb, bunch of idiots that just have guns and, aren't afraid yeah. to go in and hold people up. Like that's all yeah. he thinks they are. Yeah. He thinks they're he's, all Renner, ca- Renner's character basically is what it yeah, is. Yeah. He's not like, thinking like, Oh, these are like, you know, third generation bank robbers. Yeah. No, these guys know what they're doing. Yeah. And like it's, they're, they're, they're incredibly intelligent. Um, so, uh, uh another scene I like, I mean, here's the, I like, I do like the storyline of, with Rebecca Hall and Affleck. And when you say when you say the Iraq throw thing with Adrian Line, I'm like, you know, that kind of makes sense. I can see them like just like that's what we're gonna lean into. But but Affleck takes it in a more like romantic approach. Like Like he always genuinely you know, cares about her. It's not just a sex thing. Yeah, it's not a sex yeah. thing at all. But to me, it's it's like it's it's like it's the I think it's a great moment in the in the opening high sequence when like again it shows the difference between Affleck and Renner and whoever else in the group. But it's the like when he takes her hand, like, hey, like, calm down, like, breathe or whatever, and then he puts the hand back on the on the turn, uh, on 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 the on the vault. Um, it's a nice little moment, but like then it also, but it has a good like for her character. It's like when she finds out later, it's like it had so there's it, that that relationship adds had so much tension because like it's the will she find out he was the dude that like yeah will she ever just have this like moment of clarity where she's like oh my god yeah. It's that moment when, like, they're, when they're in the car. The, again, some of those early scenes when they're together, when like he's trying to piece together if she knows who it is, like is she going to say anything? And he says, she goes like, "Oh yeah, if I heard their voice, I'm pretty sure I'd know." He goes, "Oh really?" Like and he's been like yeah, talking dude. to me. Yeah. When they're when they're at lunch, one of the best scenes in my opinion is when they're at lunch on the lunch date, and Renner yep. kind of yep. crashes the lunch date, and you realize that yep. she knows the neck tattoo, and so every yep. time he kind of turns, you're like. Oh, he's gonna turn too much. You're gonna see the tattoo, yeah. and like yep. the tension of that, and the way that it's, it's amazing. It's is amazing. so good. It's yeah, so I'm good. Re- I remember thinking that in the moment when watching it in theaters, like that's a great scene. Like because yeah. you're like, because it's just a simple like, how is how is Affleck without drawing attention to himself and into the, the situation? How is he gonna make sure she doesn't see that tattoo? Because just by the logistics of how they're sitting she's gonna see that tattoo yeah <laughs> and it's the like how are you gonna do it and then he has that like uh, just that quick like grab on the neck and i was like wow we got out of that scene without her seeing it that's crazy like and yeah. renner's great 
Renner's great in that scene. Renner's great. And you can tell he kind of leans on him, man. He's like, yeah, he's like, all right, carry us. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> what a great, what a great thing to be able to do. Just be like, and, uh, you know, uh, here you go. Like there was, there was an interview that they did where they were talking about the ability that he was like, when we're in post, I realized that in any scene, if I needed something covered up, I could just cut to the coverage of, of Jim. <laughs> And it would be perfect. He could literally be staring at like napkins on a table and it would be like the perfect thing to cover up. He's, scene with. He's like, so yeah. there's, scene, there's shots in the film that like I had zero intention of being in there, but yeah. I needed something covered up and it just happened to be perfectly done. Like Renner literally was never off. Like he was always perfect. Like you can see why, ev- why everyone's like, oh, we got to put him in everything. Yeah. Like coming out of this movie, I think he's amazing. It's 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 like one of the, I guess, memeable moments of this movie is the like when Affleck run comes in, he's just like, uh, we gotta go to this place. We're gonna hurt some guys. You can never ask me questions, never ask what happens, whatever, blah, blah. blah. And he's just like, who's Kawi taking? Because like that's like that's a friend. That's a dude who's that's the friend where you're just like someone calls you at 3 a.m. in the morning, say like, hey, I'm stuck out in the middle of the like in the middle of the desert. Can you come get me? Cool, I'm on my way. Like that's Renner in this movie. Like, yeah, no matter. I mean, how, the dude went yeah. to prison for what nine years because he yeah, like basically, he went yeah, down yeah. for him. Like he basically was like, yeah. you know, I gave it all for you, which is another great scene in this movie when they have that fight. Yeah, yeah. such a good scene. Like they just the, oh, the yeah. exchange they have. It's like it's so much more than what is presented to you. Yeah. And Renner plays it so perfectly and just like kind of desperately sad. Yeah. Cause it's just, you realize how like truly broken and lonely he is. Yeah. And you're like, the, this guy can't be trusted. I mean, there's like, no, there's no way. Yeah. There's like no way out for this guy. Like that's the thing no. about Jim. It's like, it's like, like I, you can, you can theoretically see Doug literally go off and like have some sort of life. If he gets it, like the whole arc to our character type yeah. of like the, the one last job and I'm done type thing. Like, Fenway Park jobs the job you go out on. It's like how can you how can you top that? I just robbed Fenway Park, and like you could see Doug if they get done, like which which is what happens. Uh, is it like he goes off to Florida or whatever wherever he's at, like enjoying some sort of life? Yeah. But like, but but Renner can't do that. Renner's no. character can never do that. Renner's character lives. There's on always the edge. one more score, dude. There's yeah. always one more score. One more one more big grab. Yeah, Jim, and Jim it was is never going to end well. Edge. Yeah, Jim is always uh, is living on the cliff, on the edge of the cliff, wondering what's going to happen. Like, is how I see him. Shot him right in the chest. I remember he looked at me, and we, I don't know who was more fucking surprised he wasn't dead, you know, him and me. We just kind of stood there. For a second, like, waiting for some shit to happen, I don't know what, but... He started running. Fucking guy around a hundred yards with a ball on his heart. Doug, you fucking guy, the fucking guy shouldn't run track. You know what I'm saying? Didn't have shit to do with that. Yeah, well, you didn't have to, Doug. Come on. They told me Brendan Leahy was coming down here to roll up on you with a Glock 21, so I came over here and I put him in the fucking ground. Then nine years for it. Now, you don't go to thank me, but you're not walking away. What what about you? What's what's some more scenes, real quick? Um, we got the heist. We got the heist stuff. I mean, I mean every heist, every heist, every scene heist is so we, unique too. They never feel like you're retreading any territory, which is like kind of hard to do in a film that's yeah, so like They're centrally yeah. set in a small area of one city. It's kind of really it's it's well done. It's a, it's another thing where you're like, man, these guys 
because it's not really the executed. Sa- it's like this, like like heist one is them actually robbing the bank. Heist yeah. two is is the like the armored truck kind of gone wrong, and it becomes yeah. the car. Ch- it becomes car chase. It's kind of the sequence, and then Fenway Park is the is the kind of the big like, one. The, the big one and, and kind of the, the 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 all or nothing type thing. One of my favorite scenes though in, in that sequence, it's when Renner and Affleck are coming in to the security and like just oh like yeah we cops. got just like cops, we got a call. And I, I was like, this is their like Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills Cop or Bill Murray moment where they're just yeah. like, what do you mean? Oh yeah. It's like it's Bill Murray in Ghostbusters too where he's just talking about like where they drill the hole in the in the street. He's like, Oh yeah, you should not get the call? Yeah, it's the it's the city. It's like it's like it's that's what they they're doing. And I was like, this feels so weird in this movie because it's like a big kind of very tense moment. But then it takes such a turn funny. when they're like they're like you're Bill so and so, your daughter is so and so, your wife is oh, so and so. Yeah. You live at this address, yeah. and the guy's just yeah. like, you're right, I'm done. I'm not paying <laughs> enough for this. It's so it's so menacing. Like they're so yeah, menacing and so funny at the same time. And you're yeah. just like, man, I love this. I love this so much. We're talking about the cast, talking about Renner, and but I, I think, I think outside of maybe Gone Girl, I think this is Affleck's best performance in a movie. I really, I don't think disagree that. with that. I don't disagree. I think with that he's great. Yeah, I think he's great. Uh, and, I also, and I am also of the camp that thinks that he gets a lot of hate that is not completely on his I agree. shoulders. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But I think, I think, I think Gone Girl is one that made people kind of reassess Ben Affleck in a way sometimes as an actor, at least in, from people I talk to. Because it's like I think when you get cast in a Fincher film, I, I think film bros or whoever uh, film fans guy like who kind of hated on Affleck are like, oh wait, but if my favorite director's casting and he must be good, then like, he must and be I good. and I think that's because Fincher I think is 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 has such unique and impeccable casting in all of his films. It's so off the wall choices, but like I think Affleck is like shows like I think he I think with the right role, um, he can do incredibly well. Um, and I, I think feel like the that tan- was the last duel. I feel like the last duel yeah, the was a perfect, duel, yeah. perfect representation of that. Like with the yeah. right casting where he's kind of playing, not what you expect him to play at this point in his yeah. career. He's like more of yeah. a character actor. He could. He's yeah. He, yeah. He, yeah. I think he's, I think he's a better character actor than people give him credit for. Like, I think, I think that's what we'll, we'll probably, I think we should see him do more of in the future. Um, I think that's, I think that's always an interesting period in an actor's career is like when you're when they when they've hit that like I was an A list star and I was I was opening movies named by the title like I think when you see them in a good character actor piece you see how good they really are as actors again I think that's that's how you kind of extend your career I mean I think example it, it's ne- he's he's now still an A lister guy but Brad Pitt and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood it's like Brad Pitt like takes a supporting role and now like now you're seeing Brad Pitt and all this stuff coming up um so yeah you say so- that he'll come up later. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I, br- brief mention. I think we'll bring it up later. But like, uh, Pete Postlewaite Thwaite is amazing as Fergie in these scenes of just like the. He's absolutely the, terrifying as the florist. Oh man, he's amazing. You know what he would be great in? It reminded me a lot of how I felt with Javier Bardem. Oh, No Country for Old Men. And No Country for Old Men, where you're like, this guy is just unhinged. And it's like, yeah. it's just boiling. He's like right there at the surface. And something's yeah. going to trigger him, and he's just going to yeah. kill someone. And you're like, yeah. and, oh, man. And again, and I made my, made my last scene that we've talked about, but that, that scene with when, when he's talking to Affleck, and Affleck's like, I'm out. I'm not doing this job, blah, blah. And he starts bringing up Affleck's mom. Oh, and yeah. that's always that's always been the thing of like Affleck's mom like she went and disappeared it's the it's the kind of story of like 
he put up signs like the like the lost dog but it was his mom and and he's just like oh yeah like i got her hooked on drugs and then she od'd and there's and everyone everyone knows she was uh, she was an addict and and was t- it was like a horrible person and here's a little son going around boston going around charlestown putting little pi- like p- pictures to go find his mom. No one, and no one just, had the heart to tell him that uh, yeah, if there was a heaven, like, she wouldn't be an angel. Yeah. Oh God. And you're like, you're like, you're like, this line. guy is the evil incarnate. This guy yeah. has zero soul. And, and he's and like, like sitting there just like trimming roses. And you're just like, yeah. how do I feel right now? <laughs> and looks just like, if I think anything's going to go wrong, I'm going to come back and I'm going to kill you both. And then when he comes back and does it, you're just, it's so glorifying when he's just, when he, like, I don't know the, the guy's right hand guy who's just like, Hey, 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 uh, buddy, come here. And like leans in and then just shoots him right in the head. I, it's just like, God, like that's like, that's the one you're just like, you want Affleck to actually kill some people like in that moment. We'll talk about my father. Son, I knew your daddy. He worked for me for years, years. And then he wanted his own thing. Play the horses. You know, they either geld a horse with a knife or with the chemicals. And your daddy said no to me. I did him the chemical way. Gave your mother a taste. Put the hook into her. And now she doped up good and proper. Hung herself with a wire on Melnair cast. And you, running around the neighborhood looking for her. Your daddy didn't have the heart to tell his son that he was looking for a suicide doper who was never coming home. If there's a heaven, son, she ain't in it. Yeah, anything from Onset Life? I do, actually. I have some Onset Life stuff. Um, one of the funniest things that I kind of found in researching was the rest of the cast. The, the way they described uh, watching people in Boston freak out when Affleck was around. Like he was like, <laughs> like, we would, we would be like on the street outside Fenway doing our thing. And like Ben would come back to video village and there's like thousands, like Rebecca, Rebecca Hall's like, there's like thousands of people gathered, not like a group of 10. There's like thousands like of people just in the street, like waiting to, to see Ben Affleck. Yeah. It's the Beatles. He's, coming like, to their, America. he's like their idol. <laughs> and like Titus Welliver's like, it was literally like standing at the gates of Graceland and Elvis is alive and standing right next to you. <laughs> And like I don't know, man. It's kind of it's kind of nice to feel like there's a story of this like home like hometown kid that came yeah. home. Even yeah. though like Boston, they're like someone asked one of the Bostonians. They're like, "How does it feel like you know having him back in his hometown?" He's like, "Oh, he's not from here. He's from Cambridge." <laughs> they're like, but it's like enough enough for them to be like, "He's here. He's, he's one of us." But like, we'll never yeah, tell yeah. him he's one of us. Yeah. But that was hilarious to me. It was like just. You see, I don't think about that when I think about Ben Affleck. I don't think about people like just freaking out when they see him. Yeah. But what a time to be alive just to watch that from afar. Yeah. It's sometimes it's weird like thinking like again the stuff happening now with him like J Lo where it's like you kind of sometimes forget at least for me because of how young I was like how big of a tabloid like how famous they really were like yeah. in that first relationship and now I heard like Damon talk about it. he's like. He's like when they asked Dan about like what's what do you think about your boy like back in his relationship? He's like it's I mean it's good because like now tabloids are kind of like not against them like they were the first time. Yeah, was people like, like kind of want them both to be happy now. Yeah, now it's, it's like they're weird. older. They're like oh let's have the t- yeah let's have them like actually have a good like life together now. I think it's because like, Julie oh, it's was so bad. I feel like that it was like they're like no this can never work. 
Yeah, it was a lot of stuff. It, it was, was like, the, it was like Jersey Girl came out, and there was that rumor that like they cut like all of Jennifer Lopez's performance because of because of of their because how bad Sheely was when like no, she's only in like the first five like first ten minutes of that film. It's like the whole but crux it's of enough. that movie. Yeah, it's the whole crux of that movie is that she's not in there that much. Like that's the thing. Um, so no, enough. yeah, but yeah, yeah, he yeah. So I, I yeah, but at that point, twenty ten. I could see them like, yeah, Ben is still still one of the biggest actors at that point, I think, at that moment in time. Um, oh, completely. And also yeah. just on the rise from a directorial standpoint, too. Yeah. Like, we're, yeah. we're at the very, very beginnings of what will ultimately yeah. be the crown jewel of Argo. With Argo. In yeah. two years. Yeah. And uh, it's it's weird to think about it like that now, with yeah. everything that's happened since, with the Snyder, yeah. with Warner Brothers dc all that stuff in in the rear view it's yeah. really interesting to go back and revisit this because you know what at the end of the day i don't i'm only gonna go on the record saying it i guess well I'll go, i don't I'll go on the record i don't think he was that bad of a batman no i, think I, I was gonna snyder I was gonna made earlier a terrible batman movie <laughs> that was trying to do something that it shouldn't have uh-huh. but at the end of the day he was kind no, of great no i in, i in I, that role. I yeah, I like I like him as Batman. I I was never I was, no matter how what my feelings are about Batman versus Superman or whatever, I've always liked Ben Affleck as Batman. Um, I think his I think to me I think his stuff was the best stuff in Batman versus Superman. I completely um, agree. I remember watching Gone Girl, getting out of the theater, and being like, "Swole Ben Affleck is ready for Batman." And yeah, yeah. and like you know i yeah. didn't know a disappointment waited for me on the other side but i remember being that guy <laughs> and it's I'll, I'll i'll go down with the ship i guess he got too much hate it wasn't deserved yeah i'm excited to see see him kind of get some stuff with whatever the flash movie comes out whenever it comes out if it comes out uh with him as batman because i i honestly kind of a, a good kind of fitting conclusion because i feel like the way hollywood is with with superhero films now with franchise films it's like it's hard to have closure in certain Hollywood films nowadays. And I would like for him as Batman to have some sort of closure. Go, go out on his own terms in a way. Yeah. With that character. Yeah. 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 I think I so, so, I'm excited to see that, but, uh, but yeah, so, but yeah, but it was when him getting Batman was like, it was so such a hard left to me at first because he had done movies like the town and gone girl and Argo. Yeah. You're like, Oh, this is an interesting turn. Um, but yeah, so, but anything else about onset stuff? Yeah, so actually, I've got more. a lot more onset yeah, stuff. Go, 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 go ahead, go run through it, run through it. My so bad, my bad. The chase sequences. One of the things that came up when they were prepping the film was they would get on Google Maps and they would look at uh, North End <laughs> Boston, and they were like, "How did these guys get from here to here in an armored truck across the bridge in the amount of time and not get caught by the police?" And so they were they would go and walk it after they mapped it out and like figured out the uh-huh. path that they would have taken. Um, but one of the things I did is like when I was in Boston over last year, I just remember how narrow those streets were. I was like, mm-hmm. this place is mm-hmm. impossibly narrow. It's mm-hmm. for someone who's like down South. We have the roads are wide as hell, but like up there, you can hardly fit one car, much less two, much less a two, minivan yeah. and an armored truck and a bunch of police cruisers. So it was like fascinating to me. So I looked up the average width of a street in North end. <laughs> it's 20 feet. And that includes two sidewalks on either side. Wow. That is wild to me. Like, and then he was like, you know what? We're going to shoot it here. And I found a quote from one of the guys on the crew. It said, I remember we were all standing around and we were like, oh yeah, we're going to blow this thing up. 
And there was a van parked there and they blew it up. They blew it up on both sides of the street and all the brick buildings were just totally covered in soot. And I was like, why are the people who live here letting us do this? Did they know that this was in the plans? (laughs) And like, I don't know, man. I like, in a way, I think people were like, I'm proud to let this movie destroy my my house. Like, yeah, I'm proud of this. And it's like, well, yeah, that's fascinating to me. It's, it's hilarious. And it's like, Having walked in those narrow streets, I can't imagine shooting in one and a chase doing it's much less parking like working trucks to make yeah, like, yeah. the departmental like your shooting crews yeah. vehicles, like where you get your gear. I cannot imagine how stressful that would have been. Yeah, you, you I bet you have like a home base elsewhere and they're driving Dude, people in. Shout out <laughs> shout out to Boston Transpo guys <laughs> being the best the best there is. Sorry. Any of Georgia transfer listening to this, those Boston guys, they got to deal with those narrow streets. Dude, the, it, it honestly, like, I think I would have so much stress uh-huh. in that job in Boston. I don't, like, it really is a testament to those guys. For oh, real. Man. Like, you don't think about what it takes to make this movie, but yeah. it takes a lot of logistical. Yeah. Pin, like, precision. Yeah. Logistical. For a film decision, like, just, yeah. it, 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 like, you can't afford to make the mistakes that will cost you that much money. Yeah, because you don't have the money to pay fast. It's fascinating. And when you get kind of in the minutia of it all, mm-hmm. uh, you really you start to respect Affleck's decision making and like foresight with a lot of the stuff, because it's not something that it comes naturally to a lot of people. Yeah. And um, it really gave me a better kind of respect for this movie in particular because of what he had to work with and what he did with what he had. It's kind yeah. of. Like, kind of perfect in a way. Um, yeah, and for thirty-seven million, thirty-seven million is not not a big number for for a movie like the, of this nature. It's um, really not. But the uh, the last thing I have for onset life uh-huh. is the Fenway stuff. I feel like yeah. we have to talk about it because it's such yeah. an iconic thing in this movie. Yeah, that's like something you write into a '90s movie that happens that doesn't really happen. Modern it days. is that makes but sense. W- yeah, something that I learned is that they filmed all of that sequence in 15 days that were not together during the wow. month of September when the Red Sox were playing. This is not off season. Wow. This is when they're playing. Wow. And so what they would do, the agreement they made, the Red Sox are basically like, Hey, we think this is awesome. We love heist movies. We love Ben Affleck. Let's do this. <laughs> we have to get the major league like involved. The major leagues, like yeah, we want to be able to like, see what you're putting out there before it's done, like before it comes <laughs> out. So that we're like, this isn't too violent and like, brutal yeah. in Fenway. Yeah. But you can do it. So what they did is they staggered days when the Red Sox would go on a way series, uh-huh. they would shoot like, you know, three days here, uh-huh. come in, not be there when they're doing their home games and then come back on the off day. So like the cast, there's interviews with the cast and they're like, it was so weird being in Fenway. Cause there's like no one around. It was like a ghost town. It felt like this dystopian, yeah. like, like there's no one there. And like, I don't know. I've done that. I've done that before at the Georgia dome. And it is, yeah. that is exactly what it feels like. You're like, I shouldn't be here right now. Like this is sacred place. I couldn't even yeah. imagine like Fenway is such an iconic place. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those things where I would be like, this is a, <laughs> like a hot, like hallowed ground. I cannot, I cannot be here right now. It's like when Moneyball and they're there and there's like no one around and he's having that yeah. Billy beans, having that meeting up in the press box. And you're like, man, like what a beautiful place. Like I, yeah. I couldn't imagine that. So like when they're filming it, 
basically he staggers the 15 shooting days and he realized up front that he was going to need that much time. And he planned yeah. like Affleck said, like, Hey, I planned around it. I made sure we had what we needed money wise. And like, I took a tip from a friend of mine uh, who I, I think it was Fincher. He kind of goes into it later on in the same interview uh-huh. Uh-huh. with paring down. So like you can spread out your, your shoot days by paring down crew into like, you know, skeleton units on the days that you need to save some money. Yeah. And so he's like on the Boston, you know, on the Fenway days, we really pared it down to like, you know, essential personnel only so that we could stretch out what we had. I mean, he was like, he's like, I totally cashed in my fame tokens yeah. and, uh, you know, it helps that I'm like personal friends with the, a lot of the senior management at the Red Sox. Cause like <laughs> they love me. I love them. Everything works. Yeah. But he was like, one of the things that we realized when we got in there is like the sound in the lower section of they filmed oh, it. In gate terrible. He was like, he was like, we realized you could drop something on the other end of like the complete opposite side of the stadium. And the way that yeah. that tunnel is built, you can built. hear it perfectly on your side. So he's like, Wow. Sound was such a nightmare that it carried like so loud. And we're having these giant shootouts down there. Shootouts, like, yeah. Man. He's like the cast, like to this day, people come up and they're like, hey, man, like I can't hear anymore because of that Fenway shootout. And he's like, it's oh, like a thing. Like, he's like, it was really bad. He's like, it was so bad that there was a wedding going on across the street from Fenway. And oh, no God. one told the wedding party. The bride and groom had no idea this was going down. He's like mid ceremony. The shootout right. starts up, and they're like, "Oh my God, someone's holding up! Someone's robbing Fenway! What the heck? Something's going on!" He's like, "They go outside, and like the film crews out there, like like some little production PAs out there, like, hey, I'm gonna have to ask you not to walk across the street. We gotta lock, we gotta lock this down. We gotta lock this down. Uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on one second. I'm going to two. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's like, they totally just disrupted we this got, wedding. We got, a, we, we got a wedding party here. They're trying to cross the street. Uh, he's like, sorry, ma'am, I can't let you do that. Uh, it's a bit. It's a mayonnaise commercial we're shooting over here. Mayonnaise commercial. And you're like, dude, it's it's hilarious that they pulled that off. And like, I don't That's think funny. there's another at that point in time. I don't think there's another film crew that shot inside of another stadium during an active season that's being played. To my knowledge, I can't. I, mean, I don't know. It's I mean, like I don't know enough about like- it. But I can't yeah, I remember about, anything yeah. where I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's clearly well. Well, the Sox was done a few times. They did it with Fever Pitch, like they they shot a lot of Fever Pitch during during the season with Fallon and Drew Barrymore. So I wonder if if just Boston's cool with that. Like I wonder if that's the place Honestly, to go. <laughs> he said that one of the things that they were so down for. He was like, we realized that we're such an iconic part of Boston's like identity. Yeah. yeah. That with if we were to turn our nose up to it, it feels like disingenuous to the city. So in a way, they have to kind of just lean into it and embrace it. That's smart. So what happens after it's shot? What's the what's the aftermath of this movie? You know, weirdly enough, they premiere at Fenway Park a year <laughs> after in September of 2010. Uh, they put up a big screen on the third base dugout and they watch oh, wow. it as a as a cast together. Um, and that movie would go on to gross 154 million at the box office. Uh, 37 million dollar budgets. That's a good that's a good profit. That's a good profit. It's a lot more than Gone Baby Gone made. Yeah, and got, yeah, yeah. You're looking at like if it's 37, marketing say 37. So that right there, you're looking at like 74 million. It, it's it's making a little bit of money. Like it's it's like if, if studios, if if theaters have taken a little bit of that, like it's it's making a little bit of money. You can see why it, he the, Affleck's that that three that those three films of Gone Baby Gone to the town to Argo is just an interesting evolution 
uh, for a director, not just in terms of skill, but in terms of just like how Hollywood's taking them seriously with each more seriously with each film yeah. is the thing. Um, so, so it premieres, so it premiere or they do it at Fenway reception's good. I, if I'm uh, critically, it's good. Critically, it's good. It's critically still good. That Rotten Tomato yeah. score is ain't no joke, dude. Yeah. Ain't no Cause joke. I think, Cause I know, I know Renner gets Oscar nomination. It's his second, second yeah. in a row, back to back years. Second in a row. Uh, he does yeah. not win. He loses to Christian Bale from the Fighter. The Fighter, yeah. Uh, another, another, bo- Boston, another Boston, another movie. Boston joint. <laughs> People out here had have been like, enough with Boston circle jerking already. I can't stand this. If you Boston hate Boston, year. yeah. If you hate Boston, twenty ten was not the movie year. Yeah. If you're, if you're, not if you're at all. If you're, if you're a Yankee fan, that was just not your year. Um, oh. But uh. And then, and Pete Postlewaite, he gets a he gets a BAFTA nomination, like the British Academy equivalent of the Oscar, I know for Best Supporting Actor as well. Um, yeah, this is also one of his last. Couple yeah, he roles. Da- he passes yeah, he da- not that long after. This. Not long after he might have did he pass did he pass before it came it might have been after it came out. Let's see. Yeah, he passed in January of the next year because he did this mm. in Inception the last his last year, which is crazy. Two two final films can't go out on. Um, they said that at the at the Fenway premiere, uh, everyone was kind of talking to Renner, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm up for this this Marvel thing. I don't know how it's gonna go, but I think I'm gonna do it. I think I'm gonna do it." And they're like, "You gotta do it, man. You gotta do it." He's like, "Yeah, I'll do it. I told him I'd do it if I don't have to wear a purple suit." (laughs) And look where we ended up. And look where we are now. (laughs) You sold out. You wore the purple suit, Jeremy. Um, was there well, anything you made else a after? lot of money along the way. Um, yeah, you did, you did. I mean, honestly, it really does. I mean, we've already talked about how it kind of sends Affleck into another level, another tier, the next step yeah. up the, the yeah, ladder. First, yeah. Um, at that point. Yeah. But honestly, like, like that, this movie, it does that mm-hmm. for pretty much everyone involved. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, people yeah. finally start taking Blave Lagley seriously. Yeah. She has, um, Green Lantern. she has Green Lantern after this though, is the thing. Uh, but yeah, she's getting into bigger movies well, outside of TV. She meets Ryan TV. Reynolds. She does. She does. So but like, get- you know, was it worth it? Hundred percent. Yeah. No, she's getting the bigger stuff outside of TV. Like she's transitioning from TV to film. This helps this her moment. make the jump. And honestly, yeah. I honestly think that without this movie, I don't know if we get John Hamm and Baby Driver. Yeah, I think I think Ham. I mean, again, Ham was that one point where he was just like taking like whatever's different than Don Draper is kind of the thing. Yeah, it's he's like, like I'm it's, just it's trying this. to not yeah, do this. It, it's this, it's Bridesmaids, like, right after this. Like, he's doing, like, what is not Don Draper? What's not smoking a cigarette in front of a big big window overlooking a big city skyline? Like, I give me something not that. What worked? I think like, we talked a lot about this. It's the cast. It's the heist. It's his direction. I think it's all that. I, I think all that really works. I mean, yeah, it- I, I think it. the direction really works for something yeah. that I don't. When I thought about this movie, I didn't think about. Ben Affleck being the the best director, like such a good director. I don't. When I think about this movie, I don't think about that. But when I rewatched it and watched it with that in mind, yeah, yeah. it's so crystal clear. It's like so apparent yeah. that it's like, man, like he's really pulling the right strings at the right times, making the right decisions. Yeah. Like everything yeah. is working really, really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, man. Like something else. Like I I talked to two friends of mine from my work in Boston, mm-hmm. they both, it was interesting. They both said that something that they love about it as being from Boston. They're like, I love that. It definitely captures the spirit of Boston. 
mm-hmm. and like the way that we as a community like are like proud of who we are no matter what yeah but the other side of that is like there is this thing where charlestown is not that way at all anymore like charlestown yeah, is, yeah. is a good like a good part of town now where people like like families live yeah and it's he was like you know it's i love it but it's also like not that's not how charlestown was since like the 70s yeah yeah, yeah. but i'm still proud of it despite that like it it, it still works yeah. for me and yeah, i was gonna bring that I don't yeah know. i was gonna bring that up a little bit yeah i was gonna bring that up and like did anything not work and it's like it, it, it paints I don't know if a, I would say it doesn't work. It's just know, not it, genuine. Yeah, it's like it's like because that's the thing. It's like it paints because like the first thing you see is like it paints a picture of like there's 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 a robbery like like almost there's every week, three hundred <laughs> bank robberies every in Bo- year in Boston every year. And then you look at the thing. It's like yeah, that's not actually true. Uh, maybe in the nineties. Yeah, there's like but, thirty. Yeah, so it's almost like again, like it's it, that line starts off like. Maybe that was that way with the way the the book is being based in, like it's being based in the '90s or whatever it was yeah. being based, and like that was very true then. But like, yeah, it's like I think it looks like at that time it says, in fact, there was only 23 reported bank robberies in the entire state of Massachusetts in the first quarter of 2010, compared to 49 in Illinois and 136 in California, according to the FBI. So a little, little inaccurate, a little inaccurate. Um, just a scunch, just, just a just, little yeah. bit. But that also, uh, I did read that that is a creative decision that he was fully aware he was making when go. he when he and Stockard rewrote it. He was like, "I am fully aware that this is not how Charlestown is anymore." Yeah. But for this story, it is how it is going to be represented, and it's a bold yeah. choice to make because that could have turned a lot of people against you. But ultimately, I think he realized that they were like, "You know what? We're proud of it, anyways. We're down." You can do no wrong. We love you, Ben Affleck. And he's like, yeah, but, it, but yeah, I, I think outside of that, I think it does capture from what I know of boss. I think it cap- there's like, there's, there is authenticity to the rest of the, uh, like the, the characters to the, the, the world they live in outside of the crime aspect of it. It's like just going to a bar and, and realizing the Boston Red Sox got beat today. All right, socks got rocked. Is what there's what always says like it. there's always someone like Jim like around in your general vicinity. And oh you're yeah, like, that that guy could just snap at any point in time. That's it. That's every working class bar. I feel like, but yeah, Boston it definitely is. But it, it, yeah. yeah, you get that vibe. Uh, anything, so did anything not work? I kind of mentioned the thing about the factual stuff a little bit, but yeah, I, I can get it's a, it's a choice. It's a choice. Um, did anything not work for you? Not really, honestly. I'm not gonna lie. Like normally, I find at least something to complain about. Yeah, I th- I think I think there's a few. Uh, this might go up in story questions, but I'll say it here. It's like I think there's a few times where you make a, a few logical leaps with how like the heist is gonna go down. It's like it's like it's like here's the thing. It's like we don't really see them full. And I'm not saying you have to show this. I'm just saying I wonder they're doing some very integral heist, and they have a little bit of the moment with uh um when like Ben Affleck saying, I don't like this next job talking about like the, the military like guy who's in the, in the, in the armored car or whatever. He's like, I don't like this job because of this, we don't see a lot of them planning these heists that are very intricate and all this just kind of like always offhand. It's like, you 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 see that guy with a buzz cut. He's going to be up to no good. It's like, you have the, you have the, yeah, you have the Fenway when they're walking through Fenway at the game and maybe that's all you need. 
But like, I just think because one thing I thought about, and this this will go up in story question gets, but like, I was like, wait, was it part of the plan to have a second getaway car in the middle of the getaway when they're being chased? Because you know what I mean? It's like that feels like a last ditch thing of like we gotta get another car, but instead it was like pre-planned. So it was like it makes me feel like it was pre-planned for them to be like fully chased by the FBI for them to meet their next guy at this next spot. That's just how good they are. That's just how good they are. They're like, look at the contingencies I built into my plan. I mean, contingencies, yes, but that was that felt too convenient. Is what I'm saying. It just felt. It is a little convenient. convenient. I'll give you that. It felt too too convenient. Um, and that sometimes happens in some of these movies. It just feels a little too too convenient. Is the thing opportune? Yeah. Um. But uh, any so after that, any alternate universe cast, anyone that was like almost cast in it. I got some or, good ones for you, actually. Uh, Jim was initially uh-huh. going to be Chris Pine. Oh, man. Yeah. Which is weird, because when I think about it, I think about... Uh, huh. The, I think about Hell or High Water. Yeah. yeah. A lot. And I'm like, do you think he's like, damn, I really should have taken the town. I got to do a heist movie. Yeah, let me see. What what was... what was Because I... Cause you had you had Star Trek at that point, but like apparently it was like gonna be a thing. Like Pine was the guy. It was a year after Star Trek. I wonder if he went and did Unstoppable instead, and that's why probably did. He probably did Unstoppable instead, because that's no that comes out November twenty ten, and he's like the clear lead. It's him and Denzel. It's him and Denzel. Yeah. So that would that would well, like, yeah. and it's and it's Tony Scott. It's Tony Scott. He's gotta be like this is the move for sure. This after I think, thing could, could be terrible. <laughs> Well, no, actually, both great films, yeah. but it's it's like it's. I think sometimes people don't realize, like, you you really don't like. So, that's what makes I think great actors that that are in great movies. Like, uh, it's it's underrated trait. It's like when you read a script, it could be an amazing script, but so much could go wrong from that script phase to the ending where that movie is just terrible. It's I think Clooney says like you can make a you can make a bad movie have a great script, you can't make a great movie have a bad script, and like. I, I feel that way. It's like, it's so it's like, it's sometimes a luck of a draw of like, okay, well, where am I going to? Like, am I going to, like, am I spending Boston? Am I going to spend like six months in Boston making this movie? Who's the director? I always want to work with them. What's the part? Blah, blah, blah. There's so much stuff that like, I think are, are variables or, or kind of decisions or things you have to look at when making that decision. So who knows? But Chris Pine would be an interesting pick at that point coming off of Star Trek to be in that movie that that's that that could be a, a, a interesting career move where it takes him away from i don't know i, I, I would say takes man him, role i, I would say it takes away from leading man war or, or leading man role or away from hollywood stuff because render jumps right into hollywood stuff right after this so is yeah. he bit it, like what what's the what's the what's the trajectory after that i don't know that's it's interesting what if yeah is uh, the same. aside from that the uh adrian line initial cast was gonna be uh doug was 100 percent brad pitt that makes sense yeah that makes sense and i i can see it but at the same time i don't know if i would have liked it it'd been, it'd been different i mean it's an erotic I, I, thriller i mean it would have been different it yeah. would have been it would have really hinged on who he was playing opposite yeah i agree with you i agree with you um the last one which uh-huh. is my favorite one Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy in the gang who drove the an- or that was it the ambulance out yeah. into yeah that w- uh, John Cena read for that. Oh, did he really? Like, he's, and he's, a, he, he's a Boston guy. He's a, he's a Boston like, guy. That makes sense. West Newberry Mass, baby. 
And he's, I think, is it Slane? Is that the is that the actor name? It's, he's like a rapper, like a, slain, a Boston yeah. rapper. I mean, that yeah. makes sense. Cena's also a rapper. You know, he's he's a he's a hit rapper. Would have been perfect for it. Man, now 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 I want now I want Cena in a gritty Boston crime movie. That's what I want. I would not have, be opposed. Have, to have this we gotten this yet? And like, I'm like, always like every time I like, mention blocks. something. This now, New Orleans though. As New Orleans, yeah. No, no, we haven't had it. We haven't had it, so I can't wait. I can't wait for my. For they're, our, gonna, they're gonna set Duke Nukem in New in Boston. Peace, uh, Peacemaker season two is gonna be on Boston. Is what it's gonna be. Does Boston exist inside of that universe? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't What's know. the Boston equivalent in the DC world? Like, yeah, Cine Nation fans, answer us this. <laughs> Snyder boys, now is your time to shine. After years of us hating on you, prove us wrong. What's it? What's the boss? What's the what's the boss equivalent in the DC world? That's what I want to know. Thomas is gonna listen to this and just eye roll so hard. <laughs> Don't invite the Snyder fanboys uh, in here. Uh, but any more on the cast? Any more on that? No, honestly, that was okay. um, the last one that I was able to find. Uh, any film facts you have? Or have you covered mostly I mean, everything? Honestly, I feel like I covered a lot of them <laughs> already. I have a really bad tendency of putting the film facts oh, in. Well, did, the did, didn't you didn't you say there was there was a reference somewhere at one point? Oh, there is a reference. So Blake Lively is trying to um, trying to come over to see Ben in the middle of the night. She's like knocking at his door and like trying to bother him. Uh, he is watching Heat on the television screen. I see. I didn't catch that. So that's a, it's a very it's, small and very obscure very frame of Heat, but feel, it is I feel there. Like, I feel like I, I did. I, admit, I feel. I've also just watched Heat for our Michael Mann episode, so I'm always like, "Did I see it, or did I actually just see Heat right at the same exact time, like the day before?" It's like the shot of the white car. Okay, you interesting. See the car, and you're like, yeah. "Oh." Heat. I mean, thinking about thinking about the highest genre, I think I, I just did a thing on Instagram and TikTok of like uh, the American Animals references of like I think heist genre heist movies will always like reference other heist movies. It's kind of the big thing. It's like that's the that's it's one of the more like self-referential like genres in a way i feel like it's like i think of the like, american animals does this with like oceans 11 or or the killing or reservoir dogs or like um dark knight does it with heat in a way this does it with mm-hmm. heat this also kind of does it with friends of eddie coyle which is a 70s kind of that also that also is on a tv screen being watched by jim in this movie. exactly yeah so it's like yeah. it's, they're, they're all like these guys are just grown up on heist movies basically so that yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. They've idolized their profession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it makes it easier to swallow the pill of the reality of what you're doing every day. Yeah, I'll when you're like, I'm this, day. I'm that guy. Yeah, I'm that guy from Heat. Uh, also, I, film fa- I, real quick, you mentioned this. Like, what was the alternate ending? I don't know the alternate ending because I love the ending of this movie. I, I didn't say this earlier. I love the ending of this movie. In the book, Doug dies. Oh yeah, I think I remember hearing that. So in the alternate ending, and they shot, I think, three different endings, but in this uh-huh. alternate ending that they went with, um, he basically is going to make an escape. He goes to kill Fergie, and uh-huh. he basically gets shot by three of Fergie's guys. Fergie basically put a uh, contingency plan into place, Yeah, and Fergie's guys gun him down, and he basically is like bleeding out and goes back and like dies in Rebecca's arms, Rebecca Hall's wow. arms. Wow, Claire's arms, yeah, wow. Yeah, Claire's arms. Um, huh. But they said in test screenings, because that was the initial ending of the movie, they said in all the test screenings they did that it was tested terribly. But then when yeah. they changed it to him getting away and like having his, like, you know, he doesn't get the girl, but he does get away. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
that it tested much better and people really yeah, walked out of it being like, I love that movie. It would, yeah. Not being like, oh, it's kind of sad that he died. I, I can tell you right now from test stuff, for, I won't go too much into this, but like, yeah, people people just don't like unhappy things. <laughs> like that's that's the that's the key, and like it's like you, it's hard to like say you kill Renner, and then you kill him. It's like two like whammies on top of it. Like you kind of like you get Renner's not getting out of this. Renner's just yeah, not. His, Renner's death scene is also so earned and so oh, no, it perfectly is. done. It is. He like he picks up that that drink it's off the ground drink. and <laughs> takes a sip of it. He's like, I'm coming out. And yeah, you're like, this it's... guy is unhinged. This man is yeah. just, he knows it's coming. It's, I don't know. I, I love that scene. Yeah. That's such a good scene. Yeah. No, I think he's great. Um, and, and that moment, uh, so any, anything else on film facts before we move to story questions? No, not at all. Uh, okay. So uh, story questions. I, I mean, I, I, I asked my question, what was a part of the plan of the nun heist to have a second getaway car? Like just like that. Um, do you, do you think Claire goes and tries to find him? Or is that it? Do they ever see each other again? I don't think so. I think it's pretty apparent when she finds the money and uses it to build the ice rink. Yeah, that's that's a big gap. That's a big yeah, gap. That's a big that's a big <laughs> gap. And it was like apparent that he leaves it up to her, but also is fully not expecting her to come. Yeah. Um But I like that he gives her the choice. The yeah. And isn't like a forced like, oh, you're definitely coming down here. Like he it's not like um, implied that she just goes with him because that's what's expected of her. Yeah. Um, and it gives her, I think a little bit more agency in a way of just not being beholden to the bullshit that she's been roped into unknowingly. Most of the movie. Yeah. Um, to finally be on her own terms and like make peace with it and proceed through her life now uh, around what has happened to her. Yeah. Over the course of this movie. Uh, I don't think they end up together. I don't think she goes to Florida. I do think that she puts most of that money into the ice rink, if not all of it. Honestly, she yeah, doesn't strike me as someone that Girls wants Club. any yeah. of it. Yeah, she like she probably views that money as like blood money. Yeah, and she's like, you know what? If something good can come out of all this, then like let let that happen. But I don't want anything to do with it anymore. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing he says. It's like you'll you'll know what to do with this better than I would or whatever he says to her yeah. in, in the note that he leaves. And I, I, I love, I really love to love the ending. I, I, I wrote that this time. I was like, it's, it's, it's nicely bittersweet is the thing. It's like, he gets away, but it's like, at what cost? Like it's, he basically has to give up the thing he loves, the person he loves, loses his best friend to go, just go down to Florida probably. And, and kind of live the life that he thought his mother did. So it's it's all yeah. very fitting. It's all very fitting, and it all works very well. Uh, I don't have much other story questions. Uh, when is Chris? Co- oh, here's a question: When does Chris Cooper get out? Because like, or supposed to get out? Because like, he says like, I have to serve like five life sentences, and then Titus uh, Titus Welver says like, Oh yeah, he's got a few more years left. Is that just like a joke? It's it has like, to be a joke. Okay, it has to like, be a joke. And I also I, get a feeling. I get the feeling that like Titus Welliver might have had something to do with that arrest potentially. I, like, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think he did too. I think he did too. I think that's yeah. why. I think that's why. That that's bad what, blood between Affleck yeah. and Titus Welliver was real. Like he it was, was her, like, yeah. "I hate yeah. you." And I don't know if it's related to the dad or if it's related to Jim. Yeah. Uh, I feel like maybe both. Yeah. Because that's such a small little world there. I feel like it's got to be both. It's got to be but, both. Yeah. Yeah, like it is. Well, he's got a few more years left, I hear. <laughs> five, yeah, five, five lifetimes. lifetimes. It makes Which, you wonder what he did. Like, that's I, a, that's I don't, question. What did he do? 
people had to have died. To get that. Yeah, pe- people yeah, had yeah, to yeah. have died. Like yeah. he had to kill, not just one, like a couple people. Yeah, to get in there, and it must have not been. It must have been like a repeat, repeat offense yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And they were like, it, "Yeah, this time you killed people, and you've been doing this for like yeah. a long time. Like we're just locking you up. We're, we're done with this." I do wonder where John Hamm's character goes from here. Like, does does he stay in Boston and keep trying to take down bank robbers? Is he just like, "I'm over this yeah, town. I, I gotta get out of here." Yeah, like, does he keep elsewhere. looking for him? Like, does he go like looking in Florida? Like, does he eventually find yeah. him? I feel like at this point he's either like he's either over it completely and moving on. Yeah, or he's the like, case, the I am so <laughs> obsessed. Yeah, I just become obsessed. Yeah. And he, he just goes down the rabbit hole and just becomes like got, the yeah, person he hates the most. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, all right, so awards. Um, Beatrice Strait Award, actor, actress, limited scenes that kills it. I think that's, I think that's Pete Postlewaite is, is like. I, I'm not I'm going to give it to Blake Lively. Interesting. Okay. I see why you say that. And I think it is a good answer, but in my mind, she comes out of nowhere. I agree with that. And gives you a rock solid performance that you cannot watch and be like, yeah, nah, it ain't working. Like she plays it so well. And I think it's to be expected. Maybe it's an expectation versus. Yeah. Um, like, like what you actually get in the end. Like, I don't expect Pete to be bad. I expect Pete to be really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to expect with Blake. And in the little bit of time I get with her, she okay. absolutely knocks it out of the park. Okay. That's fair. I, I That's my argument. Yeah, I, I still lean towards Pete Postlethwaite, but like I it's I'm fine with being co Beatrice Straight Awards because that's a that's a very valid argument that I can't uh disagree with. Cause I do think she I mean again, I said it's like I it's it's this girl from this is the actress from Gossip Girl. Sisterhood of Trying yeah. Pants. It's like she's in this gritty Boston crime drama as like playing this drug pusher who may or not be a prostitute. I have no clue. Like it's just it's very done in a way where like she's she's involved in in several activities, it feels like. Or and it's like also, one of them it's like someone taking a Riverdale cast or one of the girls from Riverdale and being like, All right, uh go in there and act like a single mom that's hooked on drugs and uh in way overhead. Uh Opposite yeah. John Hamm. I don't want to say Riverdale. I feel like Riverdale would make make sense uh, with, with the way that with that, that show is. I've been pushing drugs since I was twelve <laughs> to support my nana. I don't it's know. More, the, it's more the highs like, and lows and triumphs and defeats yeah, of high school I, football. And again, I don't know Gossip Girl that well, but it's like I or at all really. Uh, but no, yeah, it's it's like. I, but I'm a thing. And now I would I would think she'd be great at it. I think she is a great actress. But in the moment, I'd be like, huh, weird casting choice. So I. I agree. I, I get that. I think he has more of a more menacing scene and more memorable scene to me when she has just good moments overall. I think his stuff is more memorable. That's a good point. I don't disagree with that. Um, so that's I why I, I lean lean towards him. But we can do, we'll do co Blake Lally P. Pasta. She deserves it. She does deserve <laughs> no, mentioning. She deserves mentioning. That's if I only agree. because it is so unexpected. I agree. I agree. So we'll go. We'll, we'll do co. I want to see you before you go. Chris, you could do 30 years for walking in the door, okay? Do you understand that? For being here. You can't be bringing your kid in here. I don't you got it? You care. can't stay. I don't want to stay. I want to go with you. I want to change, too, Why the fuck can't I change? I could be a different person. 
Jesus Christ. You tell me what you want me to do. I'll be whoever you want me to be. I'm leaving with somebody else. Why isn't she here then? Huh? Well, you know, I mean, it's She's going away with you. Why isn't she here? Where is she? She's not here. Such a trashy little fuck pad. Take it easy. After a Tiffany necklace, I thought a room at the Ritz. All right, Andy Potts X Factor Award, supporting actor, actresses, the most memorable. How can you not give it to Jeremy Renner? It's Jeremy Renner. Like, like, it's, yeah, it's like such a slap in the face if you were to give this to anyone else. Yeah, this it's is Jeremy the big beginning of the renner run the renner rise <laughs> the renner rise okay uh rise of renner um but yeah i think he's great i think i think he's great in every scene i think it, it's just like that that's the character in every heist movie like that every actor would want to play i could see why chris pine wanted to be that at actor because it's such a it's such a great the hopeless lonely such great county role. with nothing yeah. to lose yeah i'll go yeah. out in the guns guns blazing yeah him so yeah, fun. it's sure. fun too. And he's walking, he's walking away, and he knows John Hamm's behind him, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> just walking, then, just walking. He's like, and he's like, he's like, What's he's like officer, happen? officer, and then he says, like Coughlin, and he's like, son of a, <laughs> and then just yeah, shoots. he turns around with a machine gun, and he's like, yeah, and starts shooting, pulls like a Terminator, such a like, great scene. Like yeah, he's like it. chasing him around that car, and you see John Hamm like in full panic mode, like running run yeah. around that car. He's just like so yeah. good. That's a good scene. Like, that's a good oh, moment. Oh man, I love this. Yeah, it's that's very uh, that reminded me a lot of Heat. Yeah, no, that, I agree with that, you on that. So, yeah. Oh man, it was so good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I. It's got to be Renner. There's no one. I don't know what else you would say. It's Renner. No, I didn't tell the other guys only because they flipped the fuck out. And I want him fucking ready for the next thing. I told you, the next fucking thing's not ready yet. Then fucking make it ready. I don't like the gods on the next thing, all right? One kid is like fucking G.I. Joe. He wears the vest on the outside, he tucks his pants into his fucking combat boots. The truck's fucking waist high. We'll find another truck with the driver who's a fucking fat kid with his fucking shit untucked who don't think he's special forces. Well, all right, look, I know you're happy in fuck city over there. But I waited nine years of Walpole for you, motherfucker. Just nine years, that's all. I'm done waiting. This is the last one. We're hitting pause after this. You hate prison, but you can't wait to get caught. We get pinched. Remember whose idea this was, okay? All right, so the Gene Hackman MVP award, person who carries the movie, director, actor, etc. I'm going to say Renner... I'm not gonna say Renner's the winner, but I'm just gonna sh shout that like when I think of this movie a lot of times, still I think of Renner in this movie. So I will say that. I but get that, I but think, also, but I think it's been it's, it's been Affleck. It's Affleck. It's yeah. Affleck. It's no, a, I know. I agree. It's Affleck. It's, I I think I think I think Renner is the scene is the scene stealer, but I think Affleck is what ca who carries the movie from a directing and standpoint. Dude, if it wasn't for Affleck casting him in this movie, he wouldn't even be there. Fair bro. point. Fair point. Fair point. It's Affleck's decision making that got him there to begin with. <laughs> yo, it's Affleck bro. listening to Casey, and he's like, "Yo, Casey, mm -hmm. I need you to help me right now. I can't figure out who to cast in this role." Which makes me wonder. Chris Pine wants which, to go hang out with Denzel which, Washington. Which also. makes me ask, as a brother, as like a brother, why didn't why hadn't he seen Assassination Jesse James before then? Does that make Honestly, sense? Honestly, it does make you wonder, <laughs> and it does make you also wonder why he has not yet planning to go see hurt locker yeah it's been athlete just not watch movie. 
Is he like oh, I'm? I'm. What's above yeah? That. What's that? Yeah. It's, tell it's me. Whatever. Tell me what good things to to ingest in my life. Well, Ben, Ben, if you haven't seen Assassination of Jesse James, uh, please, you'll enjoy it. I think. Um, but no, I think Affleck. Affleck wins it for me. Gene Hackman MVP award makes sense. To this day, my father will tell you he helped me make them posters, but he didn't. He sat in the kitchen and drank a case of beer while I went up by myself on School Street asking people if they see my mother. Her name was Doris. My grandmother had a place, it's a restaurant, in Tangerine, Florida. So I used to imagine maybe that's where she went. And then I came to terms with the fact that it doesn't really matter, you know? Wherever she went, she had a good reason to leave here. She didn't want to be my mother anymore. And she, she wasn't coming back. And now you know a little bit about my family. And I'm still not showing you my apartment. How bad can it be? On to final questions. If this movie was made in the 1980s, who would you cast? Do you want me to start? Do you want you want to lead? I, I okay. I have a list. Do you have a list? I didn't know if you were doing it or not. I know I was I doing it for sure. I have a list for sure. Okay, so who all do you have? Uh, for Doug, I only have one person, even though I thought of a couple, but I kind of narrowed well, it let's, down. Let's, well, let's we'll start from the bottom because because how, how many characters do you have? Because I have I have I have Krista Coughlin, Special Agent Frawley, Claire, Jim, and Doug. Oh damn! I didn't get I didn't get John Hamm. I forgot to get him. Um, it's tough, dude. Hate I got. To see I got that. Yes. <laughs> I got Fergie, Chris, Jim, Claire, and Doug. Okay. I didn't do Fergie. Okay, so I'll do Fergie and then you can do you can do your uh uh your your John Hamm one. Uh Fergie, I have Terrence Stamp from okay. Clockwork Orange, all that yeah. stuff. British guy. Yes, man. Uh, um I think he'd be great. Uh so Chris, who do you have for Chris? For Krista? Krista. Krista Coughlin. Uh I had a two I initially had one, and then I looked up her age, and I was like, mm, it wouldn't have really worked in the 80s. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, though, I think would have crushed it. Good, That's a good pick. Michelle I like Pfeiffer would have been great. She's just enough of like a like a sex icon at that point, but also like has not truly – like she's about to take that rise the, to yeah. the next level. But depending on when in the 80s she's in this movie, it could be perfect. Uh, yeah, I, I felt like I needed to include Jodie Foster because I feel like younger Jodie Foster could have been interesting, but I don't know if she would have had the same appeal. Because like I feel fine, like Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer gives you this thing that Blake Lively really did. But it was like this is definitely like probably one of the more attractive people uh, that live in the small town. Yeah, but yet has the, all of the, these the, problems. Yeah, it didn't get out. Yeah, yeah. And like I think Michelle Pfeiffer would have done a better job of portraying that. That's fair. Side of her, which I yeah. don't know if Jodie Foster would have done the same. Yeah, not agree. That's a, no, that's a good point. I, I think Pfeiffer's a good pick. Um, my my pick like, was Melanie. You, oh, sorry, right. what was that? No, no, no. My pick was Melanie Griffith. Is who I had. Damn for that. That's a good one. Uh, but I, I like Pfeiffer a little bit more. So we'll, we'll go with Pfeiffer. That it's just that there's a sadness about it because you're like, oh, the potential's there. Yeah, yeah I agree. Squandered, and like that's something that is so done in context with Blake Lively in this movie. Yeah that I agree. um i think was a real service to that character but yeah anyways. and i said yeah so depending on what it is she's in scarface in the, in the mid 80s depends on where it's happening it'd be good uh so who, who do you have for agent frawley who do you have dude i honestly dude denzel would have been sick in this movie as agent frawley 
Denzel would have been great because he's like just enough of a like a hard ass, but also like what? Yeah, I okay. feel like like Denzel pre. Um, I just wonder if he's too young. That's the only thing. Maybe. Because if he I didn't be- do him, I would probably say De Niro. Yeah. Okay. That would make sense. I think because to- maybe Harrison Ford potentially. I like Harrison-, Harrison Ford. I would say Harrison Ford or William Hurt. Harrison Ford uh, or yeah. William Hurt. I think Harrison been Ford good. would be kind of the perfect age. Yeah. At this yeah. point in time, and also it would have been interesting to see him in that role. Yeah. Uh, Especially who I, who I ha- who I who I have for my Doug. I think that would be an interesting, interesting one. Uh, with Ford. Okay, so we we'll have go the ha- same person. We might. We have four, so we have Ford for uh, uh, for Frawley. Do you want to do Claire or Jim next? I think Doug's gonna be our last one. Let's do Claire first. Okay, let's I do, have Sigourney. I have Sigourney Weaver for Claire. I also have Sigourney Weaver for Claire, <laughs> followed by followed by Kim Basinger. Okay, I like I like I like Sigourney Weaver more. I like Sigourney. Weaver I like more Sigourney Weaver more too. That's why she's my first choice. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think she would have been great in it. I think she'd be good. Yeah, I think role. I agree. I agree completely. Uh, who's your gem? Uh, I had two. Okay. Uh, first one, uh, kind of a weird pick, Gary Oldman. Okay. I think Gary Oldman would have torn this to shreds. I think he would have absolutely crushed it. Yeah. And like, it's kind of a shame that we didn't get Gary Oldman in this role in the eighties. But uh, opposite of that, I kind of would love to see. Emilio Estevez give that role a shot. I I looked at Emilio Estevez actually too. I don't know where I wanted to put him, but I did look at him. He would be interesting because he I think he's great in Young Guns. Um, yeah, Donald he, Sutherland would have been, or not Donald Sutherland, Kiefer, Kiefer. Sutherland would have been. Ke- Kiefer would have been an interesting. I looked gym. at Kiefer too. I looked at Kiefer yeah. too. I actually looked at Kiefer for Doug is who I looked at. Um, okay, so my gym. I'll be real. This is my number one. Like. I'm casting this movie. I'm picking Mickey Rourke as Jim. Oh, no, I never even, I, th- I thought about it, but I never considered it for a second. It's Val Kilmer for me through and through for, or no, for Jim, for Jim, not Doug. Oh, not Doug. oh no, Jim. no, sorry. Jim. Oh no, I've ruined my Doug pick. <laughs> oh no. Val Kilmer, forgive me. I think Jim is to me like Mickey Rourke. It's like, I think just Mickey Rourke for me is Jim. Like yeah. he's, he's I've a been guy. I've rewatch the wrestler lately. Wrestler. But if you want, you want, you want, you want, you want no, no, wrestler's great. If you want to look at like Mickey Rourke in the eighties, man, like if you look at like Diner or even just his like one scene in Body Heat, like I'm not gonna I lie, I don't think I've watched a Mickey Rourke movie from the eighties. Go 80s. look go look at Mickey Rourke in the eighties, man. Mickey Rourke in the eighties, Barfly, Angel Heart, like Pope of Greenwich Village. Gary Trentham, if you're listening to this right now, I'm gonna go watch <laughs> Barfly. This is the universe saying again that I should watch it, so it's oh, happening. Did someone, did someone literally last week, Gary was like, Hunter, Thomas, I don't know if I want to watch Barfly or this other movie. I think I'm going to watch both, but I just love Barfly so much. And I was like, I'm not going to lie, I've never seen it. And then Thomas was like, oh, yeah, Gary, I, I have the same predicament. Like, I've watched both of those films. And I was just like, classic, yet again, haven't watched any of this stuff. Thomas somehow has found time in life to watch every movie known to man. And it's like, I respect that about him so much. The two of you together on the same podcast. Sometimes I'm just like, has, is there a movie that neither of them have seen? There's a, there's it's a few. like, there's a few, very few, very few. We at least but know of them. We at least know of them. Sometimes when I'm on letterbox and I see a movie that it's on your like 
things that you want to watch but haven't watched yet, and I'm like uh-huh. amazed. I'm like, oh god. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. I have a lot of I have a lot on my watch list. No, just shout out to Barfly. It's like because for you, Hunter, it's like uh, the DP Ryan Mueller. He cre- they basically created the Kino Flow light for this movie. Oh, that's cool. Is what it, what it was. So it's like it's great lighting. It's it's, it's a really kind of dirty look. It's been hard to find for a while. Like they weren't a lot of good releases. I think they're like they just released a new one at some point. I'm Gary, really Gary said he watched it on Turner Classic Movies. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's it's kind of hard to find. Like there for a long time, like that was like a rare DVD at the video store where it was just like ninety bucks if you lose it. Like it was like it's hard. It was hard to find. Uh, so for Doug, you have Val Kilmer. We'll yeah, I thought about it a lot, a lot, a lot. I think I think that he and he all, I feel like he fits that look too of just like yeah. a, he is like an attractive townie who is into bad stuff but like this woman would definitely fall for him at a laundromat. Yeah. The only the only issue is I think age wise it's like he I I think he's younger than like everyone in the movie <laughs> that we have. That's my what's the I one mean, thing. It's fair, he, but he's t- he's ten years younger than, than you know. Cigar- my love for Val Kilmer knows no boundaries. Okay, I know, I know, but I I feel like I I I think it's Kurt. What do you Russell think, Mel me. Gibson? I I thought about Mel Gibson. I just don't know if he can do the Boston accent. That's the one thing. Like I don't know if I, I see him as that guy. I didn't think about that. That's why I thought like kind of Kurt Russell. I think Kurt Russell could. Um and I mean I, I was I was the age wise because because Kurt and Sigourney are pretty close together in age and Mickey Rourke are like, it's like a three year gap between all three of them. So that's why I was leaning towards that trio. That makes sense. So Kilmer, Kilmer will always have a place to be cast though. I mean, we could, we could put him anywhere. Kilmer um, would be a good gym. Honestly, he, he um, wouldn't be a bad gym. I don't, I don't disagree with that. That's who I was looking at for him was Jim, but you got, you guys at home pick who you want out of our, we gave you a lot of options. If you're casting this movie, who are you picking out of that? We have our personal picks. They pretty much named everyone who was <laughs> Ever relevant pick. in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much like, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Sean Connery for Fergie, Kevin Costner for Doug. You know, I can no. see it. I can see it. <laughs> um, all right. So, does this film fit with any of our genres? Uh, I think it's pretty much out out and out heist film. It's an interesting kind of romance. Uh, if you want to look at that, but it's it's pretty much a heist film. It's the subgenre of Boston crime film. Uh is what it is too so ain't that's that's what it is um it does it, it, it kind of really cements that boston the genre of the boston the boston movie like it, it yeah kind it really of, does it embraces it so much that it kind of be- becomes its own thing <laughs> like yeah no it yeah helps make its own thing like it was like oh okay we finally have the the definitive movie that like we could center this entire subgenre entire thing around. around yeah it's like we got fenway in there like we, we got, got it all, baby. Yeah, so I, I all think the it's like, staples. Yeah, because you go like it's like it's like Departed, Mystic River, Gone Be Gone. Some throw Boondock Saints in there, but like this kind of ties them all together nicely in a yeah. way. So there we go. Uh, and then, how does this film fit with the heist genre? Well, it has that law enforcement crime interplay with Ham and uh, Affleck. I don't think it's as strong as other films. I think Ham and Affleck kind of work on their own kind of storylines are kind of away from each other. They never really kind of, besides that one big scene, they're never really like connecting in any way. Um, yeah. when, when they bring Affleck in, um, so kind of separate. 
um, but it still has that interplay. It has that kind of character who's going to go out in a guns blazing with 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 Jim. Um, it, it has big high scenes. I think it's it's very uh, um, uh, detailed in its high scenes for the most part. So I think it fits very nicely with all the tropes and the themes and and kind of the anti-heroes of the genre is what I think it yeah, fits with. I completely agree. I also think that there's the kind of the idea of honor amongst thieves. I feel like Affleck is kind yeah. of the anti- the antithesis of that where he's like, I want out. Like, this is my way out. I'm getting out. And with Jim, he's like, yeah. we are in this till the end. Like, we are ride or die. And I feel like that's such an interesting crux of their relationship that is uh, – it is a theme in these – in heist films in general, but they kind of use it in a way that is not seen all that much in my opinion. Like the yeah, one yeah. guy who's like, he's like, you know, they're, but they play it so well opposite each other. Yeah. But it is kind of the one thing that's driving the biggest wedge between them mm-hmm. through Claire. And then kind of the unexpected, like I didn't, I'm not going to lie. Like first time I watched this movie, I didn't expect him to get away. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. I kind of liked it. He gets away because it's not. I feel like most movies you're like, oh, he got what's coming to him. No, it's like, good. It's yeah, it's it's the, it's against that bittersweet ending to it all, which is again somewhat different for some of the genres. Because a lot of times, it's like that character, that character has to go out in some way, has yeah. to go to jail, has they to have cop. to pay, they have yeah. to pay the price for their yeah. sins, and like and he, yeah, he, he pays he, a price, but not the not not the not price. the traditional not the traditional price of it. So yeah, I I agree. I feel like we do get a sense of like he learned his lesson. Yeah. No, I and agree. The, in that sense, like the hatchet's been buried, and like maybe that's enough. And I, I think that's kind of what I took away from it. No, but, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I think that's all we have on the town. I think I think covered you, it. You did tell another... you, you did tell me you would be you'd be a town aficionado by the end of this. And did I live up to expectations? I think you did. You came up with a lot of stuff I was not expecting. I didn't know the whole background of like, I knew Adrian line was involved. I didn't know to that extent. Uh, so thank you for providing that information. Cause that You're was, welcome. that was enlightening. Sorry. I said his name wrong the first time. It's okay. I, and I think as I say line, I have no clue if it's line or Lynn. I've heard people say both. I looked both. it up online. Heard, Cause I was I've afraid of this happening. No, it's okay. I've heard and people I, say both. I heard both. So I just decided on Lynn. And yeah. God, I it could be wrong. wrong. It could be I could be wrong too. It's fine. Line, Lynn. Let us know. Let us Adri- know. Synonation. Adrian, Adrian, call us up. Um, but next week, <laughs> next week we're talking about the entire works of Michael Mann. Uh, we've Tyler and I previously covered Collateral on an episode back in November of last year. But we'll be covering oh, the rest of Michael Mann's work, which is a a feat. They're they're poetic and epic, crime related. But we're talking about the heist films like Heat, like Thief, like Public Enemies. A lot of stuff. A lot of them are streaming uh, places. I think Public Enemies and Black Hats on Netflix. Uh, I believe Thief is on Canopy. And you can go look the rest of them up because I don't remember them by offhand um, uh, where they're at. But yeah, but that's all I have for this episode. If you're a fan of the show or a new listener, make sure you subscribe to Nation Podcast so you stay up to date on all of our new episodes. You can subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever your podcast. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Tell us what you're thinking of the show. Tell us what you're liking. If you watch something based off our recommendations, like Barfly, whatever you want to say, um, we like. If you want to tell me I'm terrible for never watching Gossip Girl, <laughs> tell me. Tell me in a five star review. Yeah, five star review. That, that's the key. Five star review. Uh, uh, I'll go watch want. it. If you give me a five star review, I'll for every five star review you leave, I will watch one episode of Gossip Girl, <laughs> and I will live tweet it. I will to live the world. tweet it. Yeah, that's that I, is my I, promise. I will take that deal. Um. 
uh, yeah, but and finally, uh, don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that jazz. As as always, Hunter, thank you for coming back and joining me uh, and talking about the town, talking about Boston movies. It's always a pleasure to be here. Uh, shout out, shout out to the town, shout out to Boston, shout and, out to crew uh, members, shout out to Boston Transpo. You know who you are. <laughs> uh, and thank you all for listening. We hope you listen to more episodes soon. Bye.